Today's episode of the Tom Isle Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Jeff Cold Beer, serving South Philadelphia since 1975, always with a welcoming smile from behind two very thick and probably very bulletproof uh, glass windows where it's cash only. You tell them the kind of can of beer you want. He gets it for you. Straight up transaction. Quick, easy, very friendly at our presenting sponsor, Jeff Cold Beer. So last night... Matt and I sat down and broke down our three favorite 30 for 30 films where uh, really I think Bill Simmons was it was kind of his idea along with uh, another partner he had at ESPN to come up with the first 30 years of ESPN. Um, the 30 biggest stories, whatever you want to say about ESPN now and, you know, Sports Center and all that. And really, it's I don't really even <laughs> turn it to ESPN ever um, anymore. But the 30 for 30 film series, they've released some just spectacular, very compelling, some pretty intriguing stories and uh, had 30 probably the best documentary filmmakers that were really in the country, really all over the world, have produced some amazing stories. So Matt had a great idea a couple weeks ago. texted me about it. So we finally were able to sit down last night and record and uh, talk about our first three. So hope you enjoy it. We've got uh, a quick intro here from my good friends at Beastie Boys, and then we'll get right to it. But we really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to the podcasts. This is the ninth episode, which is uh, very exciting. But have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the Saturday. Here we go. here but uh hello hello uh, welcome to the tom Mal podcast this is episode number nine is this nine episode nine it's jim jimmy mack gordy howe gordy howe was gordy number, howe, nine. number nine did he play he played for detroit i think the red wings number nine um great to be here matt happy to be here pleasure as always we got the we, we just had uh we just got out of a um, a town mile uh, kind of board meeting, I would say, to kind of go over some things. And I feel like the the first how long we've we been at this November, so now we're March. So we just kind of looked at our um, kind of the, the the first fiscal five months we've had, and I would say it's it's been productive. I came out of that meeting feeling it's pretty been good. Productive. <laughs> we have a new studio. We do have a new it's studio. We got some ball games <laughs> Titan, on. March Madness is on. Titan Street Studios here. We, and, uh, this is Titan Street Studios. Titan Street Studios. That's a great name. Off yeah. the cuff. Yeah. Um, but great to be here. It's Friday night. What is the date? March seventeenth. March sixteenth. Sixteenth. It's it's, uh, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. Three sixteen. Oh, it is. Yeah. Real quick for our listeners, what is the origin of Austin 316? Because I have no idea. I don't know either. I'm not, I wasn't oh. a big. Uh, I wasn't really in WWE <laughs> when I was a kid, like my other friends are. But all I know I was, is that Steve Austin would just shotgun beers, yeah, which is pretty would. awesome. He would, and I think he really screwed up his back and neck really bad. Yeah, during a match. Um, but it is great to be here. You know, I we're doing this a little differently. Normally, I record an intro of kind of what we're going to talk about. Well, this time we're just going to record the content and the episode, and then we'll go back and record the intro, which probably makes more sense. Um, but anyways, yeah. we've got uh, lots of uh, lots of stuff to cover for this evening. I think the, the one thing that, that Matthew brought up um, a couple weeks ago is, is 30 for 30, so our top, really our top three favorite 30 for 30 episodes. Top three. We'll go. We'll do a top three and two honorable mentions. I think so. Top five, but yeah, top three. I think that's great. I think we we both have our lists. Um, I think to kind of preface this in in two thousand six, NFL Network did America's Game, and to my short life span, I guess, of watching and, you know, being in Seattle and I'd watch a lot of NFL Network, that to me was as good of television as I could ever remember because they, they would talk about, they would grab guys, they would grab 
you know, players from each yeah. team, and they would talk about it. They'd have yeah. like Alec Baldwin narrate it. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where it really developed. And I've always been an NFL films. I've loved NFL films and rest in peace, Steve Sable. Sports films in in the kind of the, the films that really capture you know the the heart and that that are emotional and there's a story behind it, whether you're you know a, a sports fan or not. Um, I think Thirty for Thirty really captures you know the essence of of what you know the beauty of sport is and color and kind of telling the stories and so I think initially what did ESPN want to do? I think initially. I think Bill Simmons or whoever wanted to take the the first thirty years of ESPN from and, and make thirty films about the, it. Really, the biggest thirty stories. Thirty thirty stories. So they from, grabbed thirty filmmakers. Yeah, Peter Berg. I don't know who else were were some of the other guys. Uh, I think like Mike Tolan might have been one. Yeah. I know him and Bill Simmons are are pretty good friends. Yeah. Like Mike Tolan, Brian Robbins, those like those guys. But I th- yeah, I think initially. From what you know, it was very difficult to try to find thirty documentary filmmakers. But yeah. there was a number of different films that came out. I remember the first one was King's Ransom, which was about um, Wayne Gretzky leaving Edmonton to go to Los Angeles, and really what that truly did to hockey in the United States. Yeah. And moving it to the West Coast, and mm-hmm. but it really crushed, you know, the core fan of Edmonton and. Um, so that was kind of the first one, but there's been a number of 30 for 30s throughout the year. I don't even know if they still really, do they still have 30 for 30s or are they just called like ESPN films? I'm not even sure how that works. It's still 30 for 30. It's now, a, it, well, it's now a series. So it's I, after, I think it was so successful the first time around, they're like, we'll just keep doing this. Yeah. Now the whole series is called 30 for 30s. And they, there's, they, uh, the last one just came out was the two Bills, the um, Belichick and uh, yep. Parcells and I don't know if there's another one coming out soon or what but um, but yeah they're they're amazing they're they're great some were like two hours long some are series I know the OJ yeah. one was about 10 hours yeah so we each came up with our top three and why don't you kick it off all right why don't you go with uh, what's, what's the the first one on your list so number three see I just I just switched this before we started I'm gonna go Benji it's my number three Benji's your favorite 30 for 30 my number three favorite 30 for 30, 30. 30 number, number three 30 we'll ben, talk about that what, what, what did you like Benji, about Benji Benji was great so the great thing about 30 for 30s is that they have they'll talk about things that were very popular at the time and they'll also talk about sort of unknown stories too mm-hmm. that weren't like really in the media um and Benji, it was about this kid from Chicago, a prodigy basketball player, was going to go pro, was in all his Nike elite camps back in the day, like when like Sonny Vaccaro started like getting getting popular with Nike, and he, he started making those Nike elite, starting those Nike elite camps, and uh, Benji was like the top player in high school, and you know destined to be a pro, and. He was shot and, and killed at an, uh, in an altercation by his school in Chicago and uh, just kind of cut, you know, killed him and it just, you know, cut whatever would have been, you know. Yeah, so right. it's just a good story to, just a, a great story. Like, you, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm young, so I didn't never, I wasn't old enough to know about that, but like watching that, it was... Yeah. I think it was, it was like, 1984, yeah. and if you think about Chicago, gun violence is still, you know, you know, it's it just uh, a lot of things you, you see come out of Chicago a lot. And, and I almost thought when I watched that, and I think it was in 1984, and this is all pre-internet, this is really pre-ESPN, I guess, but Benji was almost a was an American household name as a high school player, yeah. apparently at the time. Yeah. And he almost played almost like, is it safe to say I'm, Comparable to what Kevin Durant is playing right now, he's like a six foot eight, real long, real Just a lean, lanky kid, athletic. Yeah. yeah. And I think it had just been some random. He was like out walking with his girlfriend. He got into a. F- he, he uh, they got into a, he got into a fight or an altercation with somebody, and they pulled a gun on just him. Just like it yeah. was a high school, they were just going to lunch. So yeah. going to some place to get food, going, and some guy shoved him, and the guy pulled a gun, and it was kind of just a really sad story. But yeah. a lot of 
kind of was a prelude to phenomenal Chicago high school basketball, which was him. I think R. Kelly was his teammate. R. Kelly was on the team. And they were like the best team in Chicago. Yeah. He was, I think, the best player in the country. I don't know. Did had he picked a school to go to? I don't. I don't. I haven't seen it in a while. I I don't remember if he he committed at that time. Like I, I believe, uh, I want to say, De, DePaul was like a top, like yeah. a, like a big Chicago. school. And, yeah, and, De, biggies. De, and it was in Chicago. Was like, I think DePaul was like on his radar, but I don't. I haven't seen it in a long time. I just. I just I know I really like I really like that movie I remember you know just really liking it yeah and the cool thing the cool thing about that is too that after he died they you know they retired his number and uh, and from the years following they would give his number to the best players right on the team and didn't and Nick Anderson get get it one year. I don't remember like that. From Orlando, the Magic. Uh, but Derek Rose went to the same high school, mm. Simeon High School. He okay. So Derek Rose wore his number, and you know, a few years after that, Jabari, Jabari Parker went to the same high school too. Okay. So it kind of passed that number down to the best players. So still, Derek Rose probably wasn't born in 1984. <laughs> yeah, or you know what like, I mean. Yeah, but yeah. it still yeah. kind of resonated from. And I thought it was also interesting too with that that specific film is the number of guys I think even Kevin Garnett was on there because he was in Chicago that mm-hmm. still spoke of Benji like he was the yeah. guy you know you yeah. know like he was going to be the guy he was going to you know? be yeah so kind of a sad story but it, it kind of shows the you know kind of a the I don't know what you the, the, the carryover from something like that and, and the legacy that you know that a young kid like that would have still to this day so Good call, Ben. I haven't thought of that one in a while. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, it came out a while ago. It was part of like the first series, the okay. second series of those movies. So it came out a few years ago, but that's one that that stuck with me for a nice. while. Nice, nice. Well, there, there's number three. All right. Well, what do you got? What's your th- what's your three? Um, I wrote down for my number three was the June seventeenth, nineteen ninety four, and that was a date that anybody from memory would know as the kickoff of the 110th anniversary of the Emory Centennial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I doubt. That's what I remember <laughs> about it. I was babysitting Coach Van Luer and his wife went to Alan Jackson and an Alan Jackson concert. Nice. And, I was, and I was babysitting. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Yeah, I was babysitting their, their youngest daughter now, Jesse, and a couple things happened while I was playing the Tecmo Super Bowl and Nintendo there. Nice. So while I was playing that, Jesse proceeded to cut all of her bangs off, and she was probably one. And she oh, no. took a scissors and cut all her hair off, <laughs> so I can remember them getting home. But that it basically was when the OJ thing happened that night, the white Bronco, and I th- I was just kind of thought that 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 specific episode was really creative because it just took B roll footage of news that day that news channels in los angeles it just had the footage yeah and it was almost the first time because it had it showed the footage of the police conversation that the police officer was having on the phone with the guy that was driving oj's car the yeah. linebacker from usc um the big guy i can't I think what his name is right now i'm having a brain fart what was a- it ac ac al collins ac Cowlings. yeah al Cowlings. and it was like the first time of saying like, where I really looked at it, I said, holy shit, OJ really, really did it. <laughs> like, because he was in the back of the car weeping. Yeah. He was going to kill himself. He's like, I don't want to go through this. Yeah, I just want to yeah. go to Nicole. Yeah. And it was basically, it's like, this guy really did it. But a number of other things happened that day that were really, like, really trans, like, enormous stories, but they were just kind of overshadowed by a white Bronco. One was Arnold Palmer's last golf professional match. He, 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 took part in i think he golfed in the really some it was like a senior you know senior open um the other thing was the new york rangers won the stanley cup and the parade was going on Mm -hmm. that night while the garden madison square garden the rockets and knicks were playing and they cut away from that game the nba finals like game six i think or maybe it was Game 7, either Game 6 or Game 7, and cut away from the live broadcast of the NBA Finals to go to OJ 
the the car chase. I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. I remember, like I remember watching part of that, part yeah. of that, and they, and they had were just all like this. A, like a picture in picture almost in the NBA yeah. finals like in but the showing the yeah like the NBA finals are tiny but so <coughs> let's cut away it. to OJ and the showing, Bronco yeah. and unbelievable so that was like and then I think Ken Griffey Jr. hit three home runs off David Cohn um, but there were just these enormous big stories that were going on but it was all overshadowed by OJ Simpson who was basically I don't know who OJ would be now basically the darling of you know, this legendary faces everywhere. I don't know who really would be someone to compare it to that all of a sudden he went from being that guy to like, wow, he mur- he's being charged with murder. Like, what is going on with OJ? You know, yeah. so that one was all, it's just based on the creativity. There was really no narration. It was just B roll, it was just footage in the way it was really pieced together. It was pretty remarkable. And it's great. It's, it, it was, it was such a huge deal when you watch, if you watch the, um, the thirty, the other thirty for thirty, the the whole series of the OJ yeah. murders about and how big of a celebrity yeah. OJ was at the time, yeah, and like his whole life really, how big of a personality yeah. he was, and for this to happen, for this to go down, it was like, yeah, like, holy shit, like, yeah, <laughs> like it's OJ, it was like, unbelievable, it's insane. I remember taping the Charlie Ward. Heisman when he won the Heisman in '93, David Palmer and Heath Schuler and Charlie, and and he was the, he was the MC of it. Yeah. <laughs> he was the MC with you know one of the guys is still on ESPN. So OJ was like everywhere and just but it, I just think that film was the first time where you really had documentation of like this guy he like really really did it like there's no question he was going to commit suicide he was going to end it he wrote a suicide note essentially. And yeah. then here we are now, where my where Bo Fitz runs into him, my buddy in South Dakota, sees him in Vegas loose, last man. weekend. He's out. So he's out now. So that one, I it just was was really unique. Uh, you know, I that one, I, I always enjoyed that one. All right, man. And what's your second number two? I'm gonna go catching hell, Steve Steve Bartman. That was a great one. So talk about so that. This one. one's interesting. I remember this was 2000, 2003, right? 2003. Yeah. And for, forgive me because well, uh, I didn't really prepare well for this. Well, I'm kind of going from memory on these I can movies. tell you one thing about that is that the those two days, it looked like the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs yeah. were going to play in the World Series. Yeah. Is basically what came down to. They played the, it was the NLCS against the Marlins. Was it game? Was what game? This was would it? have been game six. The game six. They, carried, they the had Mark Pryor on the mound, and basically they took the Cubs took a. They're up three to nothing, I think, in that game. Mark Pryor was cruising. Yeah. They. I don't remember what inning. Was it the eighth inning? They were like five well, outs away. Well, it was. Yeah, I think I believe it was, it the, was seventh the eighth or eighth inning. inning. Yeah. Pryor was cruising and. I believe there was there was men there was men on. I, well, I think they got the first guy out, uh-huh. and then the next dude who was a shortstop for the Cubs was Alex Gonzalez. He bobbled the ball. He made an error basically mm-hmm. to get a guy on base, mm-hmm. and then I think the next play, what, or the, one of the next the, pitches, the next at bat was Moises. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, Moises Alou was the left was fielder. Was the left fielder. Um, oh man, who was the was? I don't remember who was up. Was it Steve? Bush, uh, who was the? Basically, I want to say it was Miguel Cabrera. Was it? Miguel uh, I don't Cabrera? think it was Miggy because he probably hit a home run then that inning. Yeah, Well, the whole. Uh, but yeah, the, you had a baby uh, Miggy Cabrera. It was yeah, like 20, 20 19 years, years old. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Conine and, Jeff, yeah. and Mike Lowell. Yeah, Mike base. Lowell. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Josh Beckett, D, the D train. Yeah, Dontrell Wilson. Yeah, just like Josh Beckett was such a bulldog. Peak, peak D train. I think he he peaked in the, with the Marlins. The yeah, D-train. he really did. He was awesome that year. He had that but, he had the, he had that huge leg kick yeah. in his oh, wind yeah. up. And just kind of had a curvy hat that was tilted heat, to the side. Oh, it was great. Anyway, uh, that famous foul ball. Moises Alou goes goes in left field to to make a play. He has a play on the ball and. About five people stand up at once to catch yeah. it, including uh, Steve Bartman and. Bartman was pretty much this, and they explain it in the movie. They kind of break it down. 
he was pretty much the scapegoat for the right. whole thing. Because I think he hit the ball. And I think really what happened is I think the fans and everybody saw yeah. Moises Salu's reaction when and they pissed and pointed, pointed at him. To him. And everybody suddenly yeah. blamed him. Yeah. And sure enough, the Cubs then, never mind the fact that Alex Gonzalez had it, or whoever the shortstop was, had an error. Mm-hmm. And then the pitcher, and then they just raked like six doubles in a row. Yeah. And I think the Marlins ended up scoring like eight runs. Never mind the fact that they didn't hold them after that. The Cubs still had the lead when Bartman did that. But everybody was all about this poor Steve Bartman. Yeah. Who, well, I, I don't know. At the time, they... No one, no, everyone hated him. Right. <laughs> and you want to talk about such that a- was, and that was the whole, the whole uh, kind of uh, uh, scapegoats. So, yeah, the whole uh, premise about the movie was right. was the word scapegoat and right. how they kind of played him. He was a scapegoat, but it really wasn't his fault. And right. that movie kind of redeemed him. Was like you know, you know, give this guy a break. It wasn't, and I think people got over it over time. But yeah. when this movie came out. I was like, oh shit, you know, maybe we were wrong. <laughs> this poor really, dude, man, he was just wearing a. He was he was so harmless and he such was a fan. A he was listening to the fan, game on yeah. the radio in <laughs> his headphones. Yeah. Like. And I remember this guy, uh, the Roman reporter. I think he works for ESPN now, or he was he was uh, previously Wayne uh, Wayne Dres Wayne D R E H S. How would you say that, Dres? Wayne Dres, something like that. Yeah, he. Was like actively seeking out Steve Bartman and yeah. calling him and trying to find right. him and trying to get him to talk about it, and tell his story. And Steve Bartman was just—he was a ghost. He just yeah. vanished. Yeah. And people that were kind of close to him knew that he was just living in like. He was like, I think he was like living in like the south side of Chicago, or like yeah, he was living something. in the suburbs, yeah. and he was like helping coach little league. He just did not want to be a part of yeah. of anything to do with the Cubs. Or and I think the next day, Bartman with his own money put an ad in the Chicago Tribune that was like, "I'm so deeply sorry from the bottom of my broken, bleeding heart." Or That's right. the poor guy. I like, and the reason I liked it is because they redeemed. They kind of yeah. it was like you know, chill out, like pump yeah. the brakes. It's yeah. really not all his fault. And and I, it was cool to see that story yeah. and see the you know behind the scenes of that story. Well, I hope Steve Bartman, amongst all the people that were celebrating when the Cubs won, I hope he was at the forefront of all that. I hope so. I hope they I, did they did they reach out to him. I, I think feel like they, they tried reached to, out to him I, again. I, I, wanna, I, just, I think he's Bartman's just like, like it's all good. Yeah, it's fine. So there you go. Steve. I, I bet you wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. It'd be pretty neat to see him get brought out at Wrigley Field at some point to get some love yeah, back. But you know, 13, 14 years later, he comes back. And, and that was like, kind of the part of the film too. Is like, who's really crazy? Like, who are really at fault here? Uh, you know, the the people for being so angry at this guy. We don't even know. Yeah. Or the guy, Steve Bartman himself. For really not saying anything, yeah. not fighting back at all, you have to respect that. Like that's more so of a yeah. respectful thing than, you know, to reach out and make this guy like the scapegoat. Yeah, if, that was a really good one. If you're if you're Steve Bartman and you were asked to get, to like throw out a first pitch, at at Wrigley, right? <laughs> Would you go out just be like? Middle fingers in the air to the crowd. <laughs> I think at this point you're probably <laughs> like, as excited. You know, it would have been probably better to have him do it last year when they, you know, when they, yeah, when they won the championship. Yeah, you know, maybe the opening day after that. But that the, another part in there that was pretty interesting was Bill Buckner. Obviously, was the guy that made the air on first base for the Red Sox. Yeah, and they and they brought him, him out, interviewed him, and just how yeah. emotional he gets still to this day. Yeah, talking about it. Yeah, and it's just crazy that you know. Well, that's why. Guys like you and me sit here and with a and talk and about talk sports about and record it. talk about it because yeah. it's but it's it was such an interesting one because it kind of dove into that and meanwhile the Marlins went on to win the World Series you know the Yankees won the Aaron Boone home run but then lost to the Marlins and that was almost interesting in itself is the Yankees basically were paying for all of the Marlins based on like revenue sharing. <laughs> the yeah, Yankees, the, the Yankees yeah. basically paid the Marlins yeah. to beat them in the World Series. Yeah. Their payroll was $28 million and the Yankees were paying like or no, the Yan- it was like sixty million dollars was the Marlins' payroll, and the Yankees were paying like fifty million of yeah. it from revenue sharing. Jack, was it, what was the Marlins' manager? Jack McKeon. Uh, was it like Jack? Jack it, McKeon? I think so. Jim Jack McKeon. Well, because. Because what's-his-face was gone. I remember, I remember he smoked stogies in the... No, in the, no, that wasn't... 
late was Leland there? I don't think Leland was there in all no, three. No, he was Leland. there in '97. It was McKeon because they both were smoking. <laughs> he would smoke stogies yeah, in, the, yeah. in the dugout. And I remember like recently they tried to bring him back to like yeah, like spark something, something like yeah. five years ago, and it was just like a pathetic detent. That attempt. was a great. That was a great baseball year. Oh three, yeah. Well, that's a good call. All right. Well, next I had, uh, two. I had my second favorite was is uh, the band that wouldn't die, which is essentially about the Baltimore Colts. So kind of sticking in as with Benji in 1984, in the middle of the night, the Colts left, moved out of Baltimore. And if you don't remember, I mean, Baltimore was probably more synonymous with the Colts than anything else even the Orioles I mean the fans like they loved the Colts in Baltimore yeah and I oh boy um all the clothes <laughs> just fell down there my, my wife had a nice folded pile on top of our that's all good I'll, I'll pick that up but the, the Colts <laughs> marching band basically had this song this fight song I don't remember what it's called but it, the, the Baltimore Colts you know uh, fight song and basically they after the the team moved to moved away um, into to Indianapolis, but somehow the guy snuck in. The guy that ran the Colts marching band snuck in and got all the uniforms out. Said, "We're not leaving. Yeah. I'm not. We're, the, yeah. This stuff is not going yeah. to Indianapolis. We're keeping it. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm doing this right now. But basically, they." Throughout all the years, 84, 85, basically they wanted to kind of drum up excitement for like, how could they do this to us? What about the song? What about our band? And they would, and they would periodically show up and play at these events around Baltimore and really would like drum up this excitement for, I mean, the Baltimore Colts in the fifties and sixties were Mm -hmm. Johnny Johnny Unitas had, uh, Capaletti, they uh, Gino Marchetti is a Hall of Fame DN. They they were basically the premier team in football, and it was such a love affair. And it's like, how could this happen? I mean, you could compare it to the Eagles leaving Philadelphia almost. It was yeah. so synonymous with yeah. the city. Was Modell was a uh, Modell an owner? Was uh, he was with the Browns. Was the Browns. He moved the Browns. He so the, the owner Browns, was Ursay. Jimmy Ursay's dad. Jimmy Ursay Sr., right? He was yeah. like, he was shit-faced at the airport and basically lied to, he just got yeah, out of a okay. flight. Yeah, and remember, the, okay. Part of yeah, that film now. showed him yeah. kind of drunk saying, yeah. oh, I wasn't in yeah. Indianapolis. When he, he clearly had been in Indianapolis, was on a flight from Indianapolis where they signed and did all that. But basically this movie is just, the film really catches the, the spirit of the sound and the song of the Baltimore Carts marching band that basically they... It ended up being vote, you know, they voted in the state to bring another team to the, you know, where I think the commissioner of football in like 95 met with, I don't know where, Baltimore's like state capital. So the band Mm -hmm. and the people that were going to vote on it. When they were arriving, the, the the band basically went on the stairs of the Capitol building and were playing the song. When all these lawmakers and all these voters were going to show up, and yeah. they're showing up and seeing it, just yeah. because they wanted to drum that spirit and yeah. that what that song meant to Baltimore, you know, and, and it worked, and they ended up bringing the Ravens back. And But it was just kind of a neat story. And I think another, the guy that runs the, the – um, was like that the band leader – also runs the like team shop at Camden Yard. So if you want to see that guy, apparently he, he works there at, like the, the man, the guy that runs all oh, those team that's, shops. That's pretty there. cool. So that's pretty cool. I always thought because I've always, I mean, I love Johnny Unitas and, and just that whole Colt story. And it was was pretty cool how that band, how the marching band and that song kind of kept Baltimore football alive and brought it back. Yeah. So that that was my second. That's pretty cool. That's a good one. All right, my number one. Should we do honorable mentions first, and then we'll do our number ones? Uh, let's bring it home with the number one, All right. and then I think okay. do the, the honorable right. mentions. All right. So my number one kind of went back and forth to this one, too. I'm going to go Once Brothers, number That's one. That's number one. That's great. That's the story of Vadi Divac, Vadi Divac, who is now the GM of the Sacramento Kings and is... It's a tough job to and have. Someone saying, I guess, if you want some people it. are saying he's ruining that franchise. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't think it's all his fault. <laughs> um, and Drajan Petrovic, and those guys uh, were grew up in Yugoslavia, formerly Yugoslavia, 
the countries of uh, Croatia, Serbia, those Eastern Eastern European countries yep. that were all part of one, you know, yep. country at that time. They grew up together, to play basketball together uh, for the national team, and then uh, Croatia, where Petrovic was from, and Vladi Divac from Serbia, their countries went into, uh, I guess, the civil war, you can say. And there's just tension, and it broke up that friendship. And they, you know, they went on res- their respective journeys to the NBA. Both incredible NBA players never really talked to each other after the whole thing went down with their countries. And Petrovic, you know, passed away in a car accident. I don't yeah. think they ever were. Did, I, did, they, I think they, did they apologize? I, think I, I they don't take, remember. I think they had tried. I think they was, tried to apologize. Was to each it other? the Olympics or like the Pan Am or the I don't remember what games it was where they you um, Vlade's team won like some game against and he grabbed yeah. the flag and waved it. Yeah, yeah. And I think Drazen Petrovic was really like he's pissed off. Was really hurt by that. Yeah, and betrayed, and after that was just never again. And I think when when the Vlade when he talks about it, I was like, look, I didn't even really realize what I was doing. I was caught up in the heat of the moment. A guy gave me a flag. Yeah. from a fan. I waved it because we were so excited, and I never yeah. meant to yeah. have that be, you know. But yeah, that was because they're just civil war. And those, to go those. back to what you were talking about. With Benji, how those guys were kind of praising Benji. They same. I remember watching this, and they were, you know, they have former teammates and stuff, and guys were just raving about how good Dude, Petrovic Drazen was. was awesome. Played for the Nets for a while. He had forty I, on Jordan. Remember, I, they showed that game where yeah. he hit like six threes yeah. on Jordan. I think at the, like Net, the Nets retired his number. Yeah. The, when uh, the Nets moved. Um, from New Jersey to Brooklyn, yeah, they retired all those guys. That's awesome. All those guys' number, and I yeah. believe they retired. His yeah, number. he wasn't like just a lower tier NBA guy. He was like, yeah, like legit, mm-hmm. like all star. Like probably would have been. I I just well, he played for the Nets at the time where they had that weird blue color. Yeah, <laughs> on their jerseys, it was yeah. like hyper color or yeah. something almost. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of like you could blow on it, it would turn white. Was I'd, he? Uh, was he on the team? Was he on the same team with Kerry Kills? No, that would have been Draza. I think died in a car accident like ninety two or ninety three. Okay, Kerry Kittles played in Villanova about that same time. Okay, ninety four, ninety five, with the one sock up, one sock down. Yeah. yeah, he was pretty dope. Anyway, but yeah, that's a great I, one, I think man. That's, I think that's my number one. Yeah, and there's so many to choose from. I have a few. Uh, we'll have our honorable mentions. Well, but, but you also get like Draza's wife still talking about it, so you get yeah. that aspect of it where like it was. It just kind of captures the and, human and, spirit and, and the, the hurt of. And Vladi had amazing success too. Yeah. He played on those Lakers teams For a long time, uh, and then they traded him to the Kings. Yeah, he went to the Kings and those great Kings teams. Yeah. 2000, 2001. Well, that, that game where his final game. Big games. shot, Rob, Big shot, Bob big hit shot that three. Yeah, he was on that team. Dra, Dra, or uh, Vlade was playing on that Sacramento Kings team. Yeah. with C Webb and yes, and Baby and yeah, Doug Christie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a gr- that's a great. I have to go back and watch that one. That's a good one. That's a good rewatch. All right, man. What that's you got? awesome. Well, I, I put down my number one was Jordan rides the bus because I, I being a ba- complete baseball nerd, and I in Michael Jordan, which I I think it gives a perspective of, of Michael Jordan that I had really never seen before, where you basically had a '93 Jordan retired. And it was just, and then he goes and plays baseball, which was really bizarre. I think part of all that happened was his, you know, his father passed away, and it was kind of a reaction of that, and retired, and it's like I'm just going to turn myself into a baseball player. And I think people thought Jordan was insane, and they put him on the cover of Sports Illustrated, like Baggett Michael. Which I think to this day he really doesn't talk Sports Illustrated yeah. after this <laughs> yeah. happened in like '93, yeah. and he basically turned himself into a baseball player. And and credits, um, I think he was so great that he kind of forgot how to be a teammate. Mm-hmm. And like you got to think about if you're a team, if you played with Michael Jordan up till 1993, been really difficult to play with him. Yeah, like. I'm not as good as this guy, and it kind of drove people away. And he was really hard on teammates. And he, I think when Pippen got there, it's like you know he was legit. Phil Jackson kind of helped that, but I think he just got 
just walked away, you know, and was like, I'm going to go play baseball. And it really goes into him riding on a bus, you know, to go to all over the country in these eight-hour bus rides and turn himself into a baseball player and kind of saw... baseball. Yeah, he kind of saw, I'm going to do everything I can. And a manager, like these ball club managers and these teams are like, look, if you're going to waste my time here, this Mm -hmm. is what I expect from you. If you want to do this, we're going to get in the cage at 5 o'clock in the morning every day if you're serious about this. Otherwise, yeah. don't waste my time because yeah. there's other guys I want to work with. I love Michael Jordan, believe me, but it just showed these these real big league, these real yeah. baseball managers. Like, yeah. I'm trying to make it just like you are. Yeah. And I'm down here, you know, so if you're serious about this, I'll see you at 5 o'clock in the cage. And he said every day I'd get there, Jordan would always be there, would already be there with a sweat, kind of turned himself into a baseball player and was actually much more successful than people would kind of give him credit for he, he, in the Arizona. I, I was going to say that, that, People, uh, I guess people outside looking in that weren't around him all the time were just like, oh, my God, he's terrible. But, but um, it's so different. His former manager, Terry Francona. Terry Francona was, was his manager. Was his of the, man, one of his and managers. he said he started to really and get it. They and started like, to hit. They were like, it, he was getting good. Like yeah. He was going to be a good we're Basically, like player, he's yeah. got a chance to make the big leagues yeah. that next season yeah. if he hung around. And then I think it, you know, the... I don't really remember what they gave. Well, the baseball strike happened. Yeah. There ended up, I think, and he didn't want to cross the picket line, you know, yeah, because yeah. of, like, I don't want to take somebody's job that I don't earn, and then went back to basketball and then basically had a renew. And, and Phil Jackson credits this. He was much more giving with his time. Mm-hmm. He was much more giving as a teammate. It kind of taught him how to be one of the guys again. Yeah. And everybody. And then what happened? He won three I, championships. After, the, after he came back, I think his best. 72 and 10 his and 96. Best, it his, took him, I think, a little a year or so to get back into. His best statistical year years were like 97, 98. Like. Well, kind no, of I, I think for team wide, well, team eighty eight, he was like thirty eight points a team, game. Team wise, I think the 90, teams were incredible. Yeah, they brought, teams are better, and they brought Rodman. Yeah, Rodman, Rodman yeah, was yeah. incredible, and but it basically just shows that story of this guy. He was humbled again. He was yeah. like, I, "I've got my desire to play basketball." He just he sent a fax to the Bulls. I'm, and back. Like, I'm back. Yeah, yeah. It's I, just, <laughs> yeah, just and it like just such shows a that it, it, you don't get a lot. You don't get interviews of Jordan, but you get recording interviews of when he was playing baseball. Yeah. And it just gives this perspective of him again of like, I had to learn how to be one of the guys again. You know, like it just gives that kind of window into his. Because you're, you're Michael Jordan. You're, you transcend basketball. You're transcend the biggest sports. name. In, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're the biggest name in the world when it comes to. And then you go to play ba- baseball with these. You know these yeah. single A guys from you know from They're, Tuscaloosa, or, yeah. you know that are trying Just to make like, it in the big leagues, yeah. and these guys are like, "Wow, Michael Jordan is playing on my team," and and he rode the bus. He didn't get a, he never took flights or anything, and it was. I, I've just I've always loved the Jordan rides the bus. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one because it, it just kind of changed my perspective on. And I've always loved Jordan, but it just kind of like, you know, this the study of him and his career. It's a pretty remarkable. The guy left basketball, played baseball, and came back and won three more championships. It's unreal. Another another <laughs> great another great look into that whole story too is if you watch uh, Space Jam. Yeah, <laughs> kind of is. If you want to get the quick synopsis of that, he's yeah, a, he's comes playing back. Ba- he's playing baseball in <laughs> right. Space Jam. Yeah, but he comes back to basketball. Right. To help beat the monsters. Muggsy lost his powers. Charles Barkley, Barkley, Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley, which I don't know if <laughs> they were if had ever there. Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson. And he came back. Right. Came back and space. Saved, he saved the world. <laughs> space Jam. Space Jam, essentially. Space Jam is. You could argue tells that same story. Same, tells the same story. <laughs> right. it's, it's all there. All the pieces are there. So, yeah. So they're really, actually they're re-releasing those. those uh, I saw it the other day. Uh, the Jordan 10s. The black and white Jordan tens okay. to commemorate the like anniversary of when he looked that up. When he sent the facts is mm, like I like those. Uh, I'm back. Wait, I have those. The no, they're like nickels. They're like white. They're like white and black. Yeah, right? the white ones with the black. Yeah, the with double the nickels. Black, I got yeah. them. They're re-releasing those. If you Google double nickels, I want to make sure I have cuz I like those tens. Those Oh. No, I don't have those. Michael Jordan I don't know returned. If he played those. Did Michael, he play in those? I don't know. 
Michael Jordan returned to the game in 1995. The simple facts. Jordan March. Brand is honoring this epic moment in MJ history with a Air Jordan 10 retro, the same model he wore in his first game back from retirement. Yeah, because that day, our you know our our Town Mile episode veteran Chris Jansen, his senior year, we we're going to the state tournament when that happened. We when Jordan announced he was coming back. And Emory right now is in the state semifinals tonight. Emory Bridgewater. All right. Which we should be. I get. I, it's probably going on right now. Probably just started. Um. So right, yeah, what we got. Well, that was my we, number one. Let's go through your. Right. What else we got on the list? What's your honorable so, mention? Honorable mention. I got two. This is this is tough, man. Because there's so there's so many. I could you go. You don't know Bo, right? Yep. Bo Jackson's story. Best there never was. That best that never was. Uh, Dupree, Marcus Dupree, Marcus Dupree, Pony Excess, which is kind of relevant right now with the NCAA basketball and yep. the scandal of paying players. The U. Wait, did that just start? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the U. The first U. I didn't like the second U. The 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 first U. And how dominant those teams are. Yeah, I remember one time I was just like sitting around with like my my brother and like one of his buddies, and we we're just like talking about those like 2000, 2001 teams, Miami teams, and like yeah, they were insane. just like naming the players. Najee <laughs> like, Davenport yeah. was like the fourth string running back. Ed Reed, Ed uh, Reed, boy, Greg, Greg Greg Olson, and, and well, Greg Olson would have been about 06. Jonathan. V- Jonathan Vilma, Vince Wolfork, Vince Wolfork, Antrell Rolls, Andre Sean, Johnson, Andre Johnson, Kellen Winslow, Shockey, Sean Taylor, Jeremy Shockey, Willis McGahey, Willis Clinton McGahey, Portis, Clint Portis. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's just like ridiculous. Um, but my number two is going to be Phi Slamma Jamma. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a great story. There's a lot of suspense to that story. Yeah. They're like looking for the guy, Benny Ayers, and yeah. they're like, like, who's this guy? And like they keep talking about how awesome he was, how awesome he was. Yeah. Like, who's this Benny Ayers guy? And their two teammates are like like on the hunt for him and like just like piecing the, together. The weird jury curls. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like a mystery almost. Yeah. Like they're piecing together stories that they've heard from other people where he's at and they're like just like searching for him. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie they find him and they're like reminiscing about their team and in yeah. the NCAA tournament I thought that was really awesome just like a cool it was like a cool like mystery but it was also <laughs> like a good like well put together movie too it didn't show too I think in there where Elijah Wan was like at the airport mm-hmm. he was like I'm supposed to go to Houston mm-hmm. or I'm also supposed to go to some other place that was really cold I don't remember where. And I remember, I think he asked somebody, like, is, oh, how yeah. is the temperature in Houston? Yeah. Like, oh, it's warm. Yeah. Okay, I'll go there. That's like, just how he ended up in Houston. Yeah, because he just moved from yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't remember where, where in, uh, I don't know where he's from in, in Africa. But, yeah, he landed there. and um, Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, he, the Houston, Houston basketball team. Clyde, yeah. Clyde Drexler. Yeah, Clyde freaking Drexler. Uh, they they created the f- they created that like the the faux fraternity because yeah. they were just the team Five was just slam so athletic. And it lost to the NC State, survive in advance, which is also the ESPN yeah, film. And how it was like you have Clyde Drexler and Elijah Wan, and then you have like this guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just like, well, this guy's so much better, and then he kind of disappeared. Yeah, which is pretty. I thought it was pretty great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, really, the only one I had written down for my honorable mention was the '85 Bears. And I think As you should. I'm surprised it wasn't your top three, dude. Uh Well, I don't know because I'm, you know, I, I just I like these, and I'm try I try not to be biased with things, and and I think this is more recent. I think these, you know, I remember seeing these in like Germany and. And, and when I was in Seattle, so I, I like to kind of tie that in with there. But I think the 85 Bears one, I, I remember even hearing it was going to be, I think to me as a Bears fan, and I think I've said it before on maybe the first time we did this, was like I'm almost just tired of hearing about the 85 Bears because it's just like such a shadow that until the Bears win a Super Bowl, it's never going to go away. And it's like how it's an unrealistic, mythical kind of team. 
where yeah. they were so dominant, and I think no team's figured out how to beat a blitz yet until the Niners kind of started doing the West Coast offense. So it just it it, it like. How do you how do you duplicate that? How do you really make that happen again? But what this film did was gave story. So it's like okay, there's gonna be thirty. What are they gonna say? Okay, sweetness was awesome. You know, like they did forty six, and okay, I get it. It's been to fridge, but this one didn't do any of that. It went into more so. Well, first off, it went into Walter Payton throwing a conniption fit about not getting the ball. Yeah, it, you know what I, I mean. That. It really yeah. went into that, yeah. and he was going apes. He had tears in his eyes, and it's kind of like, okay, yeah. you think about Walter Payton. He's synonymous with everything that's right about football. Well, that's not the right way to act, and I and I get it. He wanted the ball, and he was pissed at Ditka. But at the end of the day, you're a team guy. I don't know. It just kind of made so that was a different kind of story. That and the PR guy had to go up to him and say, "Are you sure?" Because he wanted to go blast everybody. He was ready to snap and like, "Listen, I want you to relax for a minute." And I want you to really think about your next move here because yeah. he was super. It's like you want to won a championship with your team. Yeah, seriously. So that it kind of went into that. It also went into more so, but the Buddy Ryan story and how much Singletary and those guys, Singletary especially, loved Buddy Ryan to the point where he couldn't even read that letter because he was weeping. You know, he couldn't read the letter, that handwritten letter that they had. So it kind of went into yeah, that. that um uh, Buddy Ryan sent to Singletary, right? Well, everybody. Uh, everybody. He gave a letter everybody. to my guys because yeah, yeah. they went yeah. and vouched for him to Papa Bear Alice. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want. Yeah. You're bringing a Ditka. You better not clean house on, on our guy because we love this guy. And it was yeah. like Hampton, all these future Hall of Famers. So you saw that story of it. And that's the other thing is it kind of, you know, Ditka kind of seemed like kind of, a, kind of a schmuck, like kind of an idiot for allowing, like, Jim McMahon to – because you just think of Ditka as God and all this. You hear Ditka, Ditka. And, but yeah, and that's stuff the, with that him was, where... Yeah. That was the thing that I kind of liked about the movie, too, is that it it kind of showed you how that team was you know, pretty much divided. Right. And you, you think of Mike Ditka, and you think, like you were saying, like... That they all they, loved him, like, but like, everyone loves like Ditka. Like, Ditka's this, like this Richard, awesome dude, and everyone's like, yeah. well, the guys in the defense were like, well... Like, still to this <laughs> day, well, I think that... But still have, to this day, you really can tell Richard Dent really resents Ditka. And this yeah. is 30 for starting Doug he's Flutie. All, he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> right. Yeah. They both are. Yeah. And, and it's just... So it gave these... These stories and really just that ending. And I remember Stefan, because I remember just watching, you know, and enjoying it. But that ending, when it showed and he's reading the letter and all the guys hold their rings up, where and it, that's when it just caught. I remember being with my wife and just like getting choked <laughs> up. It's like this is my this is my squad. It's the yeah. Bears, baby. And, bears, and there yeah. they are, and they're just holding their rings up. And it shows McMahon like he has to get his neck and head trained like once a year because he has fluid in it and he's just struggling yeah, they, and, they, uh, and that was I, it was right, right around the time where uh, McMahon was like going after the NFL for the whole right. CTE and the concussions yeah. and and the whole all those retired players were yeah. trying to get those settlements from those yeah players. yeah and especially because he was in bad shape and, and then he kind of figured out a way to drain his fluid yeah, from his brain remember him he described it as like a He's like it was like a toilet flush. Yeah, like it flushed. They just, just flushed yeah. everything out, and I just yeah. like I could think again. Yeah, and he was like one of the. Well, he's got a ring with the Packers too. He was a backup in '96. He's been the, the birds the first, for a while too. Yeah, and he played for the he played the for everybody. Played a long time, but that's where you know I I, I that one really kind of. F- was an emotional one to just watch but but it was really neat how it gave all those stories a different side of what you normally think about with those Bears teams which is great story about yeah, yeah. McMahon is, when he was with the Eagles they <laughs> run, run it into the locker room and they're like hey McMahon you suck and he, and he flipped, flipped them off, off and, right. they, and they cheered for him yeah Fans cheer for him. <laughs> right. and they flipped the ball. Like, oh, like, yeah, McMahon. Yeah, that's who we want. You know, stands up for That's kind of guy we like. That's a Philly guy. It's kind of like kind of guy we like around here. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Oh, that's funny. And then I have one more honorable mention. Uh, Fantastic lies. Oh yeah. Which probably could have gotten my top three. I think. That and Benji may might have been interchangeable. Dude, that one just stresses me out. That one was nuts. 
again, I, I was pretty young at the time. I was kind of seeing like snippets about it in the news and then watching that and getting the whole story. It was just like, holy shit. Young kids. Yeah. That, what if they didn't? Because it kind of addresses the race thing. And yeah. when you don't have a good lawyer, like what if you don't have a good lawyer? You're mm-hmm. going to jail. Yeah. And they, it, it, yeah, that story is freaking crazy. I have to, I have to go. Again, I apologize to listeners. I wasn't very well prepared. I'm going, kind of going th- by memory here, but I have to go back and watch and kind of get these stories again and, you know, see, you know, just just yeah. rewatch them and get yeah. these full stories again. Because some of these I haven't seen for a while because yeah. they, they came out like a few years ago, like part of the first series of yeah. movies. But that was another that one was that was just one. like, I remember watching and I'm like, holy shit, that happened? Like, and then something else happened to me like, like holy shit this is this this really happened like yeah. this is how it went down and i was like wow so that's an, i think that's another good one chris used to wear a duke lacrosse shirt yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i think after they were like you know, exonerated it's yeah like 2006 it was all good yeah yeah that story's crazy that was good but, one. yeah there's been some good ones man so yeah. well cool what else any um, other one you, you got some? you got one more you think of I mean, I really, I, I don't. I mean, that, those are the ones I wrote down. I mean, obviously, I love the House of Steinbrenner one because it kind of shows, it goes into more so how Steinbrenner was kind of a a nut job and kind of did some crazy shit for, for a number of years. But, it you know, it kind of shows like when they tore down the old Yankee Stadium and built the new one, how a lot of the real Bronx season ticket holder people were like, this is absurd. Like, yeah. How am I going to get my season tickets now? It's you know I don't have a hundred thousand dollars, you know. So yeah. it kind of went into that story, which was kind of neat, and you saw some behind the scenes stuff when they were moving the stadium. And um, I still haven't watched, and I should watch the Boston one at this point. I, I haven't yet. I've seen snippets of it because Four it kind of completes the the story. We're boys in it. Bill that, Simmons, Bill is, in Simmons that one. is a big yeah. He, he's 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 in that one. And Lenny Clark. Yeah, you know, Lenny Clark, the comedian. <laughs> yeah, I think he sits in the bar having they're, beers. They're, and they're bar, just talking yeah. about the steal, the Dave Roberts steal, the Dave you know, Roberts steal. How just remarkable that was, and apparently those guys before that game, they all did Jack Daniel shots. They the whole that whole they kind of go through that in that movie that those <laughs> whole they? That, those whole four days they were just like bullshitting and yeah. just having a great time. They're like, it's like I think we're just dumb enough to think we can pull this yeah. off, you know. Yeah. And then it's like, well. You better beat us tonight, because if you don't, you got Petey and you got Shill coming back. You yeah, know what it shows yeah, like. Yeah. Um, uh, not Veritech. Who's the guy that's on MLB TV? Ah, uh, what's his name? Kevin Millar. Kevin Millar. Like, you better get us tonight, because it shows him like talking to Shaughnessy on the field. Because yeah. if you don't get us tonight, you got Petey tomorrow, yeah. and then you got to face Shill again. And yeah. he was right. Yeah. I just no. remember my dad calling him and him saying after they lost, he's like, what did we do to deserve this? The bloody, <laughs> the bloody sock. Yeah. I remember yeah, watching yeah. that. I remember watching that uh, game seven. When, uh, and it just was a thrashing. The, the giant demon hit that hit grand, grand slam. slam. It, was just, it was like over it was at that over. point. It was like yeah, the fourth really inning. Was. was it like the fourth or fifth inning? Dude, I think he had a grand slam and like the f- Oh, maybe you're right. It might it have been like the fourth yeah. inning or so. And I'm like, holy shit, it's like over it's like the, the fourth thing inning. It's over. But it's like at a certain point, you can't – how do you – it's almost like impossible to kind of dominate. Or not – I mean, but just have it go your way for so long that eventually that was going to happen. Yeah. Eventually you're not going to – It all clicked for Boston too. Like Derek Lowe – Derek Lowe was like pitching lights out for them at that point too. He was pitching for the Yankees like three years ago. Yeah. That that kind of like – he got a big contract after that, Derek Lowe. Because he just pitched so well that series. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fun, that's man. Well, we got 50 minutes here. I, I, I wasn't sure. I mean, we considering that an was hour good. ago, we had no plan. I, that was good. I think it turned out to be a good episode. We just yeah. basically turned a 30 for 30 into a, 30 into a podcast. So, um, well, yeah. Well, we got to you know go ahead and send anybody that is excited about 30 for 30. You want to... You want to tweet at us your favorite, your top three 30 for 30s, or you want to get into discussion. Maybe you don't agree with something we said. Yeah. Well, we want uh, to hear from you. We'll post a, I'll post a picture tomorrow of uh, on our Instagram. I liked it. I was showing uh, 
my coworkers here, uh, the Jeff Colby player. The, oh, like, by the way, Jeff Colby. Howard Kirk Cousins Jeff for Colby. convincing the Vikings. He's worth $85 million. Jeff Colby, yeah. player of the week this week, is, is Kirk Cousins because <laughs> he – Convinced the Vikings hey. that he's worth eighty-four million dollars. Get that paper. I don't. I don't. I do not agree with that. But is he is he better than Keenum? Are you good sure? for Kirk. They're like the same player. It's like the same guy. You're getting the same. Maybe guy, Cousins is a little better. The Cousins is probably a little bit it's better. Better. I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad I don't, I don't know. have I don't to make those decisions. I'm but glad I'm, I can just sit down here and not have I'm, to make those decisions. That's why so. I, I, we sit down here and get to make fun of it yeah. and not have to <laughs> talk about <laughs> yeah. it like on TV. But, yeah, Jeff Colby, play week. You bet. Kirk Cousins. Congrats to Kirk Cousins. Congratulations. You bet. Um, yeah. Uh, we're still still pursuing the Mike Miller Yeah, well, interview. I got that. I got that piece. I got a thing to plug into my iPhone. Now I just need some cords and figure out how to use that, and, and we can we see what happens. He he liked uh, three of our pictures, which is a huge three. Deal. Yeah, yeah, all on the same night. Or that was, was it separate incidents, separate times. It was all one day. That's great. It was. Uh, What's it called? There's another video Miller family thing I got to send you that was just posted on like South Dakota stuff. Where it goes to the the Allen because his daughter, his Mike's cousin, play um, che- is it Chelsea? I don't remember, but she plays for South Dakota State, and they're in the women's tournament, and oh, she nice. can ball. Nice. And she's his uh, first cousin. Yeah, it's the Miller family. Well, it's a South Dakota tradition. That was last. It was like two weeks ago. Since well, when we did the last one. Yep. We did it two weeks ago, right? Yep. Well, it might have been like a month, actually. No, the last one we did like two weeks ago was like last Thursday or Friday. Was it like last Friday? Okay. Or last thir- two weeks ago. I don't know. But he liked our he liked our pictures. Yep. Which, is, a, which huge, is a tremendous sign. Huge step. Small gesture for him. I but was a, very excited about but a, that. But a huge <laughs> called, sign called, for us nonetheless. I called Joe right away. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so Joe, oh, shit. I, I, like, looked at my, I clicked my <laughs> phone. I clicked my phone and I got like Instagram notifications. Yeah. Let it fly. Yeah, yeah. MM13 liked your photo. Like, yeah. oh, holy shit. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. Yeah. And then uh, I I continue to, I'm not DMing, DMing him as much. Yeah. I'm still like, you know kind of peppering him in there yep so maybe one day I'll uh hey man how's your day going hey, you know <laughs> like hey you know still here? come on talk with the go and still with tournament yep. go Gators go Gators <laughs> well alright well we probably should go upstairs and join our our, uh, our, our ladies yeah, but a, uh it's been a, a great surprise party to get to yep that's true we do actually but uh well thanks again have a great weekend and uh love you guys that's it you bet we'll see you out there
gonna shoot you down just a change.